The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. In grade 11, we just did a fun little thing uh, on the way to school. But there was a Christian on the tram who told the headmaster. I and a couple of others were organising the punishment of this uh, Christian. So various people were punching him, others were ringing him up. Two o'clock in the morning, others harassing him. But in, in my case, I was going to go, I wanted to disrupt his youth group. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, it never ceases to amaze me how God can completely change the direction of a person's life. For example, when Jim Rawson was a young man, he described himself as being bitter and twisted. At one point, he even attended a church youth group with the intention of getting revenge. A classmate had gotten him into trouble a few weeks before and he wanted to punish him. However, something unexpected happened while he was sitting in that group and was asked to open the Bible. Today, we'll find out how the course of Jim's life completely changed as he shares his story with Eric Scatterbo. Jim Rawson, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. It's really nice to be here. Glad to have you with us. And so you had evil intentions in your heart when you attended that group. Is that right? Yes, yes, I did. Doing some end of term, sort of what I would regard as mild shenanigans. And uh, this Christian bloke uh, put me into the headmaster of school. My dad got a letter asking to withdraw me from the school. My cousin was suspended. And I got a Saturday morning detention. And so... A number of other people did the same thing, and so we decided we'd punish this guy. So uh, we had various different ways of punishing him, but in my case, I was going to go and disrupt his youth group. Okay. Well, we're going to come back to that story. Mm -hmm. We'll just kind of hold people in suspense to find out what happened next, but let's go back and find out what led up to that point. What is your background? My background is a a very part-time Anglican uh, mother. Uh, probably uh, weddings, funerals, and marriages, uh, that that sort of thing, mm-hmm. births, deaths. And my father was a a, a cultural Jew, not Now, what do you mean by cultural? Well, he was in a Jewish company, and so he'd do the, the Jewish stuff when he had to in the company. Uh, his father's name was Rosenheim, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a full Jew, but his mother was a, was a, a part-time Anglican as well. But your name is Rosen. Yeah, that's right. We changed our name from Rosenheim uh, to Rawson in around about 1910. Is that common? Why, why did you change it? Or why did they change uh, it, I should well, say? Well, I wanted to anglicize it, and there's always been a lot of programs against the Jews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, discrimination. And so they were not that favored often in the West, and so they were used to that sort of persecution, and I suspect that was it. And I think he probably wanted to get away from some of the restrictions mm. of the Jewish faith because he was somewhat of a playboy oh okay (laughs) now you were born and raised where i was born in dubbo Mm -hmm. and then during the war when my father was in fighting in png my mother moved down to be closer to when he came back to australia so she moved down to sydney and that's where we stayed okay and so your childhood well, childhood, uh, my father and mother thought a little bit of religion was good for the kids, mm-hmm. so they sent us to Sunday school, and my first memory of Sunday school is of, of this thing that could make two bits of paper stick together. 
Yes, it was fantastic. That's what I can remember. It was a that's what you play. can remember about Sunday school. <laughs> that's that's all I can remember from that Sunday Something school. Something that could make two pieces of paper stick together. Yes, yeah, stapler. <laughs> stapler. <laughs> <laughs> well, so deep theological beginnings. <laughs> In the second Sunday school I went to later on, um, we had to learn the Bible verse before we were allowed to read the comics. And as soon as Sunday school was over, we went straight off for a surf. Uh, and so it all sort of got lost in the surf. I, the only thing I can remember is really two Sunday school teachers, and and I liked singing. Okay. Uh, that That's about it. So not a, a deep spiritual background. Not, not a heavy-duty uh, spiritual experience, no. Okay, but a theme throughout your life, I guess you could say, you, you told me this before we started to record, is a strong, strong sense of justice and, and revulsion against injustice. Is that right? That's correct. And so this has worked to my demise in many situations, but the first really major situation was my first day at high school. When I was supposed to have a book, but the bookshop at the school had run out of them. And so instead of the teacher listening to me, he just gave me a punishment immediately. No, no, wait. So you're supposed to have the book. You don't have a book through no fault of your own because they yeah, didn't have it. That's right. And you were punished? I was punished. I ended up with a Saturday morning detention. And, For not uh, having that book that you couldn't buy. Uh, that's right. And so it twisted me, I thought. So I spent my high school trying to punish the school. But well, you wanted revenge. I wanted revenge. I'm starting to sense a, a theme here. <laughs> that's right. I wanted revenge. Yep. And I got my revenge, I guess, on that teacher because I punished him so badly, and I, I had a considerable ability at organizing. So I organized the whole class against him. Oh, wow. And he left the school at the end of the year. But, but it set me on a really bad pattern, uh, and it sort of twisted my thinking. Mm-hmm. So the school probably got its revenge by... I could never make the A team in the football because... I was always at school on Saturday morning uh, doing punishments <laughs> instead of playing. Just, in just the, a practical matter there. <laughs> that's right. They didn't want a person that was that unreliable in the team. So you had this anger in your heart yeah. for years, it sounds like. I was burning with anger at the school. I hated the school. Okay. It was and, very posh, mm-hmm. and and uh, I'm, I'm not a posh sort of bloke. It just didn't work for me. Now, are we to the point in the story? Where the uh, Bible study comes in or not yet? Yeah, I, okay. I, guess, I guess that'll work. And, okay. Uh, in, in grade 11, we just did uh, a fun little thing uh, on the way to school. Very simple. We just removed our, our coats and ties and hats. Which and, is against the rules. Against the rules. Ran across the park and caught the tram on the other side of the park. But there was a Christian on the tram who told the headmaster and then it led to... Uh, me getting a Saturday morning detention and my father getting a letter asking to withdraw me from school. But, of course, this was on top of all the other stuff I'd done. Mm-hmm. And my cousin was suspended and other people got punished as well. And, but So I and a couple of others were organising the punishment of this uh, Christian, which we should never have found out who it was that put us into the headmaster. But, but you found out that the person who that's right. told on you was a Christian yeah. young yeah. man. He was in our same grade, in our class. Yeah. And you were going to get your revenge. That's right. So what did you plan? So my plan, so various people were punching him, others were ringing him up oh, wow. at 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, really? Others harassing him. But in, in yeah. my case, I was going to go. I was used to disrupting the class, so 
So I, I wanted to disrupt his youth group. So that was your plan. That was my plan. So I, ha- I went with evil, evil intent- intention in your heart going <laughs> to a youth group. That's right. But when I got there, instead of it being a meeting which you can disrupt, they broke up into little group Bible studies, about seven <laughs> in each of them. <laughs> so, so your whole plan of trying to disrupt yeah. the bigger group yeah. kind of went by the wayside. Yeah, so I was sitting there like a dummy with this Bible open, and we're looking at First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1. And you're thinking to yourself? Well, I was thinking, this is not the way it's supposed <laughs> to go. <laughs> it's right. But as I went through the Bible study, I came under conviction. Now, I've read that passage multiple times, but I can't work out what it was that actually convicted me. So the the Holy Spirit obviously worked in your heart? That's the way it was. It must have been. I I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit at that time. So my great prayer was I went home and I said, God, make me like those Christians. So I didn't understand the gospel. Just from that one exposure. That's right. To one Bible verse or just the, the, what was, was it the Bible verse or was it the people or what, what do you think it was? I don't know. They were quite passionate as they were going through it. I could tell they were different from me. They weren't twisted. Oh, they weren't twisted like me. That's what you're saying. That's right. I was twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it affected all my studies. I was yeah. failing. I went from a special A class Because you to were an seething e with anger, yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, that's right. And you were going to get this guy. That's right. I was going to get him. Uh, but God got me instead. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really know what I was praying, because mm-hmm. that's why I said, God make me like these Christians. Didn't understand the Christian message. You nothing. just knew there was something about them that different. you wanted. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. What mm-hmm. happened next? Well, not much. Um, not much really at all. I started going to the youth group and the mm-hmm. church. And strangely, I stopped swearing. Uh, they were the you only stopped things. swearing? Yeah. That was, I didn't stop uh, fighting with my parents. I didn't start to study because I'd been so twisted that I hadn't studied. I'd gone from a special A through, you know, the, the, in those days the classes were streamed. I was in a special A class. I ended up in the E class. And uh, so I failed I failed to graduate, uh, mm-hmm. to go to university. Yeah, so it really twisted and mucked my life up. But Christianity, I didn't really understand the message or anything surrounding it, so it didn't really change my life. You're listening to The Story. Today, Jim Rawson is sharing his story with Eric Scadabo. As we just heard, he described himself as a bitter and twisted young man with revenge in his heart. But God planted a seed. We'll find out what happens next when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Jim Rawson is sharing his story. As we heard before the break, Jim described himself as a bitter and twisted young man who went to a Bible study not to learn, but to disrupt it. But God planted a seed in his heart. And now we'll find out what happened next in his life as he went off to attend university. 
Yeah, then I went to university and it was in 1959 and the Billy Graham crusade was coming. And so somehow, I don't know how, somebody signed me up for the counselling classes. I didn't understand the gospel. So <laughs> I don't know how I was going to counsel somebody else, you know. But you were open <clears throat> to spiritual things at the time. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a guy called Charlie Riggs and he, he, he really set out the whole plan of salvation the whole gospel message in a a 14-week course was a Christianity explained in 14 weeks. Wow, which would be perfect for you. Perfect for me. By the end of it, although I was a Christian, I now as a Christian had actually understood what Christianity was about. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this is around about May 1959, up to this point. So I had got into university Mm -hmm. by, by doing matriculation exams. Even though you were a poor student. Yeah, that's right. So so what had happened was I didn't get in from my high school, but I did the university set exams. And so I got into New South Wales University through their exam, and I got into Sydney University there. And that's because I really studied for two weeks. And But then when I got to university, I'd never studied. I hadn't read any of the lecture yeah. notes. I'd yeah. copied other people's assignments and all the rest of it. You didn't know how to be a student. I didn't know how to be a student. Mm. So, but suddenly, I knew that I had to honour God by trying to pass exams. But because I didn't know how to study, I couldn't catch up. So by the time, in those days, there were 100% exams at the end of the year and uh, for the whole year's work. Five exams, two maths exams, one chemistry, one physics and one geology exam. And I failed uh, four out of the five subjects, which meant I failed outright. Wow. Um, any subject you pass in those days, you couldn't carry forward. You had to do it again. Fortunately, my father was prepared to, to pay for me to study uh, another year. So at that really? stage... Really? So, I mean, he could have... It, it, it could have said... He could have said, that that's the end, but yeah. he didn't. Yeah. But my attitude had changed uh, because, could he see that? because I knew the message. I don't mm-hmm. think he could see that mm-hmm. because I was still fighting with him and whatever. And he still regarded me as the old Jim, mm-hmm. uh, which I still was to a large extent because it took a long while for Christianity to get rid of the twisted mm-hmm. thinking in mm-hmm. me. It took years to get rid of that school twistedness. Thank goodness that God is patient. He is patient, <laughs> thank goodness. But, but then I never failed an exam again. Okay, so you got a second chance. I got a second chance. And wow, did you take advantage of that? I took advantage of it. And did you take advantage of it? What happened next in your university career? Well, I did Bachelor of Science Honours in chemistry, and then I I did PhD in chemistry. So this is somebody who barely got through high school. You're going for a PhD? That's right. So what happened? You just really found that you enjoyed school, or what explains the turnaround? Hard work. I don't think I was particularly brilliant, but I was—I really wanted to honor God, and so I worked really, really hard. So your personal faith, obviously, at this point, was really yeah. My, a big my, my part personal of your life. faith is growing, 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 mm-hmm. and people kept on giving me opportunity—just little opportunities, like leading on a Sunday school camp. There was about nine kids on or eight kids, and I had to give a talk. Yeah, you know, I was scared silly, but it gave me this opportunity, and and two kids decided they want to follow Jesus. And I thought, oh, 
maybe God can use me. Wow. And a guy took me on a hospital visit, and I didn't know we were going to have to give a talk. They numbered us off, and I was about number six out of about 11. And then I realized that at each ward, someone would give a talk. Then I noticed it was number one, then number two, number three. (laughs) Goodness me, this is going to come to number six. So I listened desperately to number five. And then when all the people went out and I had to give the talk because they moved on to the next ward, I just gave exactly the same talk that the, <laughs> that the guy before me had given. <laughs> I was ah, petrified. But, but you paid attention. <laughs> I did. I, when you're under threat, the mind is particularly focused. Yeah, yeah. So you had these opportunities to That's share, right. and you found it was successful. I mean, it was having an impact in people's lives. That's right. And and the thing, it just helped me to grow. It took a long while to get rid of the twistedness. Mm-hmm. I think... I think there's still some vestiges of it there because I... Are you trying to uh, say you're still a little twisted? I think so, <laughs> yes, because I, I still hate the status quo. Well, you still hate injustice? I, I really hate injustice. Mm-hmm. And I like to challenge the system mm-hmm. because nothing's perfect. That, this is why you and I get along so well. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can identify. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and like. There's always things wrong with something. You can always make mm. things better. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm never satisfied. So even if I write a, a paper on something, I am always want to improve it. I, yeah. I, I cannot read it through without yeah. improving it. Or I find out new information from someone. Okay. Then you got your PhD. What happened next? Well, I then moved to the pharmaceutical uh, drug industry. I didn't doing research uh, for a postdoctoral study. But halfway through that it's only one year in the United States because I immigrated to the United States to do so. I thought, no, this is very soul-destroying, spending 50% of my time in a library just reading journals and 50% of time in the laboratory. So I, I asked the management, look, is there a, an opportunity in management? And they said, yes, there is, but you'll have to immigrate to Mexico. So I asked my wife. Mexico? Yeah, because <laughs> that's where they got the root that was that was used for making the steroids. So this company made 50% of the world's steroids, and it was made from a yam, a big yam called a Barbasco root. Oh, wow. So we made all the birth control pills. We made all the, all the topical uh, corticoids, the, the cortisones, the, like prednisone, all of those sorts of things. I'll just take your word for it. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, they're all made from this root except for the heart, the heart steroids. Mm -hmm. So all of the normal body steroids, Mm -hmm. they're all made from this one yam. So it sounds like tremendous success. It was. It was. Mm -hmm. So I was was very... Academically and career-wise. That's right. And so then they moved the whole organization to... uh, Back to the States again. Mm-hmm. And I got three promotions in a year, so I was, I was a young executive, and so they sent me off to this young executive's course. Mm-hmm. And uh, they must have spent thousands of dollars on me. But but one of the things that asked you to do was, why don't you th- think through where you're heading in life? Now, obviously, they were thinking about it in terms of the company. <laughs> but I thought, I want to be a really good businessman I want to be a really good Christian, and I want to be a really good family man. I had two and a half kids at that stage. Two and a half? 
Two and a half. Yeah, one was in the oven. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and so I thought, I can't do three things really well. I've got to cut it down somehow. So I can't give up Christianity. I can't give up family. But what about work? And I thought, well, I've got to combine work with Christianity. And so I came back from the course and resigned and uh, decided I'd go into, into Christian work and particularly Christian work with young people because mm-hmm. that's, that was where I, I felt that I could make a contribution. And what would you do? Well, I looked at the Bible colleges, theological colleges. I was already 30, and I thought, by the time I finish those, I'll be 33 or 34. I'll be starting to diminish in real effectiveness. So I thought, no, no, I can read all that stuff, but I want to get straight into Christian work. So I came back to Australia. I didn't feel that the United States needed any more experienced or academic type Christians. Look, it was pretty rare in those days for Australian Christians to have PhDs, mm-hmm. and uh, so they were nowhere near as common as they are now. So I thought I'd come back and move into Christian work somewhere. Everything I applied for, I applied for four different jobs. I got every one of them. Oh wow! But one of them really, really stirred my heart, and that was the Scripture Union job. So it was called the General Secretary of Scripture Union in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know what a General Secretary was, so I asked him to explain what a General Secretary was. It seemed a pretty stupid name to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, they explained it to me, and uh, it was really the CEO. Oh, okay. But it was very small. We had a $31,000 budget. We had six staff, or we had five staff. If you had me, it would be six. And uh, my heart leapt because it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. For what I'd done, I'd have experience in Scripture Union in New South Wales. So I went up there, and God remarkably blessed it. When I left there after 28 years, we had about, about 120 staff and about a $4.5 million budget. Wow. So God was extraordinarily good to us. And God took this rebel. <laughs> he did. And he, he used did. So I was still a rebel, sort of. <laughs> Um, but much more moderated rebel, yes. And you've always had a heart for university students. Tell us I about have. that. Well, I guess because so I, I did a master of administration as well after that and a counseling degree. So I've had a lot of time with university students, plus all the leaders on our camps and missions pretty well were people from university, though. Most of them were. And so, so I, I, I knew how they ticked to a large mm-hmm. extent. And so when I finished the Scripture Union, I thought, well, I'll go right back to the beginning. And I'll just become an ordinary worker on the campus. And so I, I started at QUT, but there was only two of us. And one of them, he took the Kelvin Grove campus and he left me on the Gardens Point campus. So there was just me. And there was one student that I connected with plus two others that were phantom. They, they were supposedly connected, but they actually weren't. But we had this really committed student called Mark. And between the two of us, God built it up. That at our maximum, we got to 120 students. Wow. And wow. it was really, really exciting. Many people became Christians. A lot of them were discipled. And so um, it was just a wonderful opportunity. But then Campus Crusade is now called Power to Change. Mm-hmm. It recognized that I, I had 
previous experience, so it moved me on to the national leadership team mm-hmm. of the organisation, which I became chair of, then on to the board, and then I became chair of the board. So now I do about three days a week on campus, mm-hmm. mostly mentoring and discipling students. Some of them are non-Christians, and so, so I do some evangelism as well. But it's just a wonderful ministry, lots and lots of opportunities. And now you're spreading the joy that found its way in your heart when you initially had evil in your heart when you went to that youth group. That's right. And, and now, basically, I spend about three days a week doing ministry with mm-hmm. university students and then uh, a couple of days a week uh, preparing for boards and, and writing papers and things. So, so I sit on about eight boards, and so that means I wow. travel, travel a fair bit to Melbourne and Sydney particularly. And, and that keeps me yeah. out of mischief. Eight but, uh, wow. Well, I'm only 77. I've still got a few years of me, <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, Jim fun. Rawson, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Okay, it's been wonderful, and, and thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. Great to hear your story. Thank you. Well, it was great to hear how God completely changed the direction of Jim Rawson's life. As he said, when he was a young man, he was a bit bitter and twisted with revenge in his heart and not heading down a path that would look anything like success. But as we heard, God began to work in his life and he eventually matured and went on to obtain a PhD in veterinary science and did postdoctoral work in the USA. He then went on to serve the Lord in a number of amazing ways, including doing outreach on university campuses aimed at others who are academically inclined as well. He's currently on the chair of the nationwide ministry known as Power to Change, previously known as Campus Crusade for Christ. For more information... Or if you would like to contact Jim, the website is powertochange.org.au. That's powertochange.org.au. Well, thanks for joining us for Jim's wonderful changed life story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I was robbed of my childhood at a very, very young age. I never spent time playing as most children do. I spent much of my time trying to find food in the streets, trying to take care of my sister, trying to to survive. But now I was being given a chance to join other children and be freed from the burden of worry and care and hunger. Richmond Wandara's life started off in the slums of Uganda, where his father was brutally murdered. This thrust him and his family into desperate poverty. But a remarkable change came about when he became a sponsored child with Compassion Australia. We'll hear his incredible success story next time. The Story. story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.